My name is Carl Anthony, and I work in the automotive industry in Detroit. Sometimes that work encompasses future vehicle technology, and that's what we talk about here, for the most part anyway. This is AutoVision News Radio. When Hitachi, Mitsubishi Electric, and NEC merged their semiconductor businesses, Renaissance was born. With its rich technological heritage, Renaissance drives innovation with a comprehensive portfolio of microcontrollers, along with analog and power devices. Its mission is to develop a safer, healthier, greener, and smarter world by providing intelligence to four focus growth segments, automotive, industrial, infrastructure, and IoT. Today, we go inside Renaissance with Daniel Sisko, the Senior Director of Digital Product Strategy. Daniel supports the definition of future product strategy, as well as various marketing and promotional tasks. He has a bachelor's of computer engineering from the University of Michigan and over 14 years experience in the automotive industry, with half of that time being spent with Renaissance. We'll benefit from Daniel's knowledge today on AutoVision News Radio. Daniel, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Let's just dive in here at the beginning. Give us the full view of the company and then tell us about your key areas of focus in the automotive industry. Sure. Not not a problem. So you you mentioned in the in the introduction, Renaissance is a child of several different mergers. We're a Japanese corporation, but we have kind of a, a truly global footprint. We've got uh, major offices in, in Europe and Dusseldorf and Paris and in America and Silicon Valley, Detroit and RTP, China, India, Korea, and many offices in Japan. You know, we are a, uh, a semiconductor supplier and designer, and we support both uh, automotive and non-automotive business lines. I represent the automotive business line, but... Um, we, we do a lot of development in, in a lot of different areas. Renaissance is larger than I thought, it, admittedly. I, I didn't expect you to, to give all those locations. That's really cool. Yeah, we've, we've had quite a bit of growth lately. We've been acquiring companies. We, we recently acquired uh, Dialog and before that IDT and before that Intersil. So over the past six or seven years, there's been quite a bit of acquisition. And really, the footprint in, in the U.S. has grown significantly. Renaissance in the news lately, a lot of great press releases coming out. You've just launched your new R-Car V4H system on chip for ADAS and autonomous driving solutions. And you talked a lot about supporting high volume production of level two and level three vehicles. And then you also mentioned, and this was key, I thought this was really interesting, how Renaissance wants to help pave the way for the software defined car, which is a big topic right now. So Let's unpack all of this information. Yeah. Share your perspective on all of this, Daniel, when it comes to software-defined vehicles and then, of course, the R-Car V4H system. Maybe we'll start with the software-defined car. There, yeah. there are several projections uh, out there that a fully autonomous vehicle will have over a billion lines of code by 2025. It's incredible. 2025 may be, may be a bit early for fully autonomous, but even if you slide that out a few years... The software complexity and the the demand on automotive software is is growing so exponentially that we've started to talk a little bit about what we call the software-defined car. You know, in the context of a semiconductor designer, one of the things that this does is it it causes us to kind of reevaluate how we do our development and how we bring product to the market. And we call this our software-first approach, where we we start to enable customers to work with our chips earlier. 
and start to use some kind of virtual platforms to enable them earlier in their development process. The um, RCAR V4H is one of the fourth generation of automotive system on chip or SOCs that Renaissance has made. We've actually been making these for over 20 years. So this is kind of a, a long lineage for us. The RCAR V4H is a, a continuation of the RCAR V3H and V3M, which came out a few years ago. The V3 series was focused more on level one and level two uh, autonomous vehicles, whereas the V4 is focused more on level two plus and level three, as you, as you mentioned. Talking about this upgraded RCAR V4H system, so for your customers, when they come to you, what are some of the benefits this newly upgraded system can provide for them? Sure, that's a, that's a great question. And the short answer is enhanced compute capabilities as compared yeah. to V3H. And, you know, one of the things we're seeing in automotive megatrends and in the software-defined car trends is the need for compute is going up and up as we go from level one to level two to level three. So the V4H brings a lot more of that compute to the table. Some of the metrics that we use when we look at compute on a chip like this would be what we call TOPS or Terra operations per second that apply to the AI capability. So there's been a uh, an increase in TOPS from 7 to 34 if you look at the last generation to the V4H. Another metric is what we call KDMIPS, which is kind of general compute. And there's been a uh, almost a five times increase between the last generation and this generation. You've got this brand new uh, V4H system, but then you're also working with Honda and in particular, the Honda Sensing Elite system. So tell us about your work with Honda there, Daniel. The, the RCAR V4H is actually one of, of many products in the, in the Gen 4 lineup, as we say. And one of the other products in that lineup is the RCAR S4, which is a, again, a system on chip or SOC, but this time targeted at the connected gateway or gateway application. So this is the component that would sit next to an IVI or an ADAS system and really provide it with functions like uh, enhanced cybersecurity, support for over-the-air programming and over-the-air updates of software, and kind of a central hub for all of the different communication interfaces like Ethernet and CAN. So in the, in the case of Honda, they're actually utilizing the RCAR S4 as their central ADAS gateway. And we've been working with them for, of course, many years. They're a, they're a great partner. Sure. And so our goal as a semi-supplier is to, is to make parts that can be flexible and that can work with them in the different ways. So Honda approached us with their architecture, in which case the S4 was the best fit. And we moved ahead there, whereas a different customer may approach us and we may be able to offer the V4H or a combination of the V4H and the S4. So there's a lot of flexibility to these to these parts. Yeah, I was just going to say that you've, you've got a lot of flexibility for your customers. And I'll look forward to, uh, you know, one day driving one of those Honda vehicles with the Renaissance solution in it. In the meantime, <laughs> in the meantime, Daniel, let's talk about Tata Alexi and, and Renaissance. You're collaborating together to develop critical EV subsystems, things like battery management systems and motor control units, among other things. But as part of this collaboration, you recently opened a design center. So let's dig a little deeper into this. Tell us about your relationship with Tata Alexi and then this new design center. Yeah, of course. So Tata Alexi is a great example of a uh, system integration partner in the automotive ecosystem. So we have kind of our traditional customers like OEMs and, and tier ones. And then you've got the semi-vendors like Renaissance. And 
there's another really critical entity in, in the ecosystem called a system integrator. And these guys have capabilities like software development capabilities, hardware ECU design capabilities. And they typically kind of play this role of intermediate between the semi-vendor and the, the end customers. And Tata Alexi is one great example of that. So we've got some kind of a collaboration announced with them related to EV development. And we've got this joint development center now, and we're really going to start to leverage their expertise and their capability to support our customers much better. It seems like when you're talking electrified vehicles and then software-defined cars, it just seems from my vantage point, there's a natural pairing there. Is that your experience as well or, or, or not? Yeah, that, that's, a good, that's a good summary. And the phrase that we often uh, use to describe this is case, right? Okay, so this yeah. is um, centralized, autonomous, secure, and, and electrified. Sometimes it's uh, connected, autonomous, secure, and electrified. Sure, and sure. So, you know, this is kind of tracking these, these four megatrends. And, you know, having, a, having an, an electric vehicle is, is one of the foundational platforms of, of a lot of the uh, autonomous driving innovation. And of course, autonomous driving is one of the ways that we, that we see the software-defined car become reality. So there is kind of a natural pairing there between those two things. And, you know, part of it is technical because in, a, in an electric vehicle, you know, you can have those vehicles wake up at two in the morning or three in the morning and do a software update, right. you know, without, without starting a noisy, uh, you know, internal combustion engine. Right. So there's some technical reasons, but there's also just kind of, you know, as the market evolves, these two things have kind of paired up electrification and autonomy, which in turn drives uh, the software boom. Well, and then looking at your recent string of press releases in the media, it, Renaissance is well situated for all these trends between EVs and, and, and software defined uh, a vehicle. So uh, that's exciting, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. We we cover basically four you know major areas on the automotive side, and it's it's autonomous, of course, uh, it's electrification, it's connected gateway, and then we we call the fourth the EE architecture. So this would be kind of the very architectures of the vehicles that we're selling into, and we cover all of those segments from both the digital side, which I which I represent, as well as the analog side parts like PMIX and power and timing and things like that. Now, recently, Daniel, uh, Renaissance released your automotive strategy report. I read through that. It's really interesting stuff. I want to go to that report, particularly to page five. And there were four points on there that I thought were really cool and probably sum up really well everything we're talking about. Uh, but just for our listeners, the, the four points in the Renaissance automotive strategy report, winning combo, new business model, emerging OEMs and startup mindset. So Daniel, can we dive into this a little bit on these four uh, main points and kind of give us your thoughts there? Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're referring to kind of our, our latest anal, uh, analyst day presentation and these yes. are the of the key points from our CEO Shibata-san and our our automotive SVP Kataoka-san. You know, winning combos as I as I mentioned a minute ago, we we are one of the few semi providers that can live on both the digital side, the microcontroller and SOC side, as well as on the analog side, like with uh, PMIX and power components and, um, you know, different sensors like radar sensors or things like that. When you take those two sides, the analog and the digital side, and you combine them and you bring some extra value for your customer in the integration or in some unique pairing, that's what we call a winning combo. 
And what we've learned is that customers globally are really interested to see these winning combos and try to, you know, shave a little bit of development time off of off of their side by using yeah. something that's pre-integrated and maybe works a little more efficiently together. Yeah, very cool. I think the next is the new business model. And yeah. this is an interesting one. And there's a lot of aspects to this, but one that is becoming more prominent is the interest of OEMs in in ownership and in in a little bit more differentiation in some of these key segments like autonomous and, and EV. You know, we're starting to see OEMs become a little more active in the uh, direction of some of these components, whereas previously they may have you know relied on on other um, members of the automotive ecosystem. And then the other aspect is is emerging OEMs. So we we have these these emerging OEMs in countries like China and India, Vietnam, and certainly in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and they they come to the table as a totally different entity with much much more aggressive timelines and usually kind of a different approach to the development of of a vehicle. And so these couple different aspects have caused us to take a step back and say, okay, let's think about the business model and the approach. And make sure that we're reflecting the these these market trends. That makes sense. And then obviously the startup mindset, obviously very prevalent at Renaissance. Yeah, absolutely. And we we have to match the the growth and the evolution of the market. And we're starting to see some of our customers, some of our OEM and tier one customers really investing in in a new way of thinking, you know, whether it be the Volkswagen Cariad or the um, Toyota Woven approach. These OEMs are really saying, okay, we, we need to evolve and we need to do it quickly. So let's really invest in, in kind of a startup approach, even a startup within uh, a more traditional company. And I think that's a great way to describe how Renaissance has been behaving over the past few years, especially under our, our CEO, uh, Shabbatasan. You have a computer engineering degree from the University of Michigan, Daniel. So, and, and you're, you're here in, in Michigan. So you're a fellow Michigander, just like me. So, you know, just as we get ready to wrap up here, Daniel, what made you want to study for a STEM degree? And then further to that, uh, what made you want to work in automotive? Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think like a lot of engineers, you know, when I was a kid, I was very mechanically minded and, you know, interested in Legos and computers and things like that. And yeah. I uh, originally thought I wanted to be a mechanical engineer. And I went to U of M and, you know, took a couple of those classes and said, you know what? I don't think this is for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna check out the computer side of it, <laughs> and it it really stuck, and and I uh, moved ahead with that. I did leave the state when I graduated. I went to work for John Deere in Iowa, but uh, ultimately ended up moving back very quickly to be closer to family and my my now wife. And sure. and you know, in Michigan, the automotive density is very high. It's a very small circle, and so. It just kind of made sense. And over the years, I've just really built a strong community here, and I'm, I'm quite happy. That's fantastic, Daniel. I want to thank you for your time and being part of our AutoVision News Radio program today. From all of us here, we want to wish you and Renaissance the best of luck going forward. And thanks for, thanks for your time today. Thank you very much. To learn more, visit Renaissance.com. That's Renaissance.com. You can also keep up with the latest Renaissance news by following them on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. In Detroit with Daniel Sisko, I'm Carl Anthony, AutoVision News Radio.